Macworld Podcast, number 30, special edition, February 28th, 2006. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Macworld Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Saru Svarovar. Today, myself and a bunch of other Macworld editors headed on down to Apple headquarters at One Infinite Loop in Cupertino, California, about an hour south of our offices in San Francisco, where we checked out the demo that Steve Jobs gave of some of the newest Apple products. As you've probably seen on Macworld.com by now, uh, there were lots of interesting things that were announced, including the brand new Intel Mac Mini that has four USB ports on the back, and also the iPod Hi-Fi, which is the new Apple-made iPod uh, stereo. And also there were a few other things, uh, front row with Bonjour, uh, so you can do streaming media, and also, of course, Apple's new leather case for the iPods, which will be going out at $99 a piece. So we've got a lot of stuff for you. All of our coverage, of course, is on Macworld.com, but here on the podcast, we'd like to bring you audio direct from the Steve Jobs keynote. So we're going to go to Steve Jobs talking from the keynote where he's examining the brand new Mac Mini. So we're thrilled with this. Now we have a few other additions to the product uh, that people have requested. If we look in the back of the product, we've added gigabit Ethernet. That's an upgrade from 100 megabit Ethernet in the prior product. Uh, Firewire, uh, DVI, and VGA out. We've added uh, double the number of USB 2 ports to four now uh, based on users' requests. Uh, analog and SPDIF optical uh, uh, sound Im- audio input and outputs, uh, and this thing's really quiet. So uh, it's a pretty great product. Also, Steve talked about the brand new addition to the front row program with Bonjour networking capabilities so that you can view streaming media from any computer on your local network. So I'll just stand out here. There's my Mac Mini. And uh, to get to front row, I just push the menu button. So there's the screen of the Mac Mini. I push this button. And now I'm in front row. That's how easy it is. And so I can uh, look at my music or my photos, DVD, videos. So let's go to music. And uh, I'll go into music. And I say, oh, well, let me shuffle songs. Oh, God, they forgot to load the content on this. Uh, hold on. Let me go back. Uh, songs. Jeez. Well... They forgot to load all the content on this Mac Mini. I guess I'm going to have to demo a new feature that we've built in the front row. Uh, Oops, sorry. Pushed the wrong button there. Uh, Shared music. We have this technology called Bonjour. We used to call it Rendezvous, but this other company didn't like it because they had the name, so we had to change it to Bonjour. And what Bonjour does is uh, a lot of companies have licensed this from us. It's freely available. It allows devices to find themselves completely automatically over a network and communicate with each other without any configuration or setup over wired networks, wireless networks, anything. And so if you have Bonjour running on your Macs, they can find each other, or your PCs, they can find each other all throughout your house. So we've built that into front row. And so I go into shared music, and Phil's sitting right here, and he's got a portable... Uh, with all the content that was supposed to be on here, probably. And uh, so I'm just going to go into shared music. And uh, let me go in there. And there it is. It's found Phil's MacBook Pro. And it's uh, taking a look at what's on there. And if we go in, 
we go into playlists or artists or songs. Let me go back to songs here and just go into songs. And here's, you know, here's Phil's songs. You know? I have no idea what these songs are. It's, <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, we'll just pick one. And finally, our final excerpt from Steve Jobs' keynote from this morning. We've got Steve Jobs talking once again about the brand new iPod Hi-Fi stereo system. The first thing we see, let's take a look at the back. We've integrated not only the electronics, but the power supply right in there. So there's no power brick. It just plugs right into the wall. Because you get tired of all these power bricks dangling around, especially you know, in your kitchen and places where you see them right out in the open. And you can power this off six D-sized batteries. So if you want to take this out you know, to the cabana or the pool and listen to it out there, you can just pop in six D-cells and go out and listen to it for several hours outside and get great sound wherever you are. Then we've got two 80-millimeter mid-range drivers, and these are in a sealed acoustic suspension. So these are sealed chambers to get the most out of these uh, mid-range drivers. They're actually kind of wide-range drivers that handle from the base all the way up. And now the base system. We've got a 130-millimeter dual voice coil woofer, and it is a ported bass reflex design. So you can see the ports coming right out the front. We get great bass out of this thing, and it doesn't distort when you crank it up. A lot of work went into this. So this thing's a lot more under the hood than it seems like. And on top of that, of course, the universal dock connector and the integrated handles. And again, to make great sound, you've got to have a sealed enclosure that doesn't vibrate. This thing is a sealed resin enclosure. And it's really, really good. And when you hear it, uh, you'll be hearing the results of partially that. After the demonstration, I also got a chance to speak with Macworld senior editor Chris Breen as he had just come out from looking at the various setups of the new iPod Hi-Fi. Apple had set up four different rooms, the kitchen, the living room, the dorm room, and the home office. And these were uh, used to simulate the various listening environments that one might have an iPod Hi-Fi set up in. And so Chris had just come out of checking out these various environments, and so I had a chance to talk to him for a few minutes about his first impressions of the iPod Hi-Fi. All right, so what do you make of the new iPod Hi-Fi? I am, uh, I'm not sure yet. You know, I've listened to them in the four different environments. I went into the, uh, into the dorm room environment, and that wasn't bad in there because the, the music was, you know, meant to be loud and kind of dirty, and I thought it reproduced that stuff really well. When we went into the, um, I guess we were in the kitchen, and they were playing classical music in there, I wasn't quite as impressed with it. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of separation out of the thing. Uh, really, the, the music sounded like it was directly in my face rather than um, having any kind of, like, 3D effect. Um, and the bass was okay, but it's not overwhelming. That's, that's fine, but the middle seems kind of flat. They had a, a recording with uh, some piano on it, and it may be that the piano just wasn't recorded well, and it wasn't a very good piano, but it sounded a little flat to me. Um, there was some distortion on some of the classical music. So, it, you know, I, of course I need to sit down and have some in my own environment with my own music to know, but right now I'm sort of, like, iffy on it. Uh, it didn't 
I like the look of the thing and I like the features that are built into it. But as speakers, I think for that price point, you can do as well or better. Hmm. One question that I had was, why would you want... Is there a difference in the music quality that comes out of the dock connector versus the audio output? For example, what would stop somebody from just taking a stereo cable and connecting it to a, to a similar set of speakers? Why the dock connector rather than the audio output? Well, you actually do get a better quality out of the dock connector because it's, um, it's line level versus... What you're getting is headphone volume um, out of the top port, so you get a cleaner audio out of the dock connector so a lot of people are doing that now that they're making these dock connector uh, speaker systems so you get a cleaner sound and then you don't have to worry about jumping up the volume on the iPod you do it all on the unit itself which is one of the nice features about this uh, iPod or this new home speaker system from Apple is that you've got a remote control so you can do this from across the room it's got a little green light on it so it indicates I I understand what's going on here and um, and so that works fine for people who are who are testing these, is there a particular type of music that you would say would be good to compare different sets of speakers, maybe to one one like this or one that they already have, classical versus rock, or just what is it? Whatever you listen to, or are there certain types that are more conducive to testing? Or yeah, I think I think when auditioning speakers, first thing you want to do is listen to the kind of music you like, see and see if that works for you. But also, you want to try all kinds of different music, even if you don't like it, because you know even in this short listening test I did. I didn't have a, an idea of how the speaker sounded with the dorm, dorm room music because it, it was distorted and loud anyway, and, and these speakers produce that all right. It wasn't until I heard the classical and thought, oh, okay, so I'm not getting kind of the presence that I want out of these speakers. Um, there is some distortion there that, that wasn't there that, or that I didn't perceive in the other music. So, yeah, when you audition speakers, listen to everything you possibly can. Once you do that, then you can make a better, uh, more informed judgment. One last thing. Um, the, the stuff from the, that you download from the music store is encoded usually at, at what bit rate? It's 128 kilobits per second AAC. And is that enough to, to really have a good, I mean, Steve was talking about stage presence and, and so on. Is that enough to really carry through a small set of speakers like that? Do you need to have a higher bit rate to appreciate it better? No, I don't think so. Um, a lot of people can't tell the difference. 128 AAC is fine for most people. Um, yeah, if you're an audiophile, you're going to want higher uh, encoding rates, but if you're an audiophile, these may not be the speakers for you anyway. Uh, you know, Steve talked about replacing his uh, home stereo speakers with these things. I think any serious audio- audiophile is not going to do that. I think this is a perfectly good uh, kind of portable speaker system in for exactly these kind of setups. I'm not sure I'd put it in the living room, but it's great for the kitchen. It'd be fine for a dorm room. Uh, it's a nice portable speaker system for outside as well, but there still are other options, and I think you know, when Steve talked about the, uh, some of the other opportunities in this space, he was saying, yeah, but they don't, they don't have this kind of sound. Well, some of them do. I mean, you can get a really, really good set of $350 speakers that sound better than these, and these are separate powered speaker units, so you get better separation than what you get from a portable speaker system like this. But again, this is portable, and some of the other options aren't as portable. Well, thanks a lot, Chris, for taking the time to speak with us. You bet. After we came back from the demonstration, I sat down with Macworld Editorial Director Jason Snell and Macworld Editor Jonathan Seff to talk about our thoughts on the announcements that we had seen and heard from Apple headquarters. So we're going to cut to a roundtable discussion that I recorded with them earlier today, right now. Jason, you're a fan of the Mac Mini. You've yes. got one at home. I do. I have, I have, uh, yes, I have one at home and one in my office. 
So d- are you going to rush out and buy this new one to replace your, your two? To replace them, no. Um, I think the most intriguing place for this new Mac Mini is as a set-top box. And actually, the Mac Mini that I'm currently using as a, a server in my house um, was, for most of last summer, on my TV or be- hiding behind my TV with a little infrared uh, third-party infrared remote signal detector attached via USB sitting on top of my TV. And that was an interesting experience to have a Mac attached to my TV, and I, I watched some stuff on it, and it was actually a lot of fun. I watched some streaming video, and I watched some stuff I had downloaded. But the infrared remote stuff was just a pain. It was such a pain. And with the Mac Mini that we have now, the new Intel Mac Mini, it's got front row built in. It's got that remote built in. It's It's got the digital video out. It's got the digital audio out. And with all that stuff put together, what you really get is something that could potentially be a legitimate set-top box, a legitimate replacement for a DVD player. Um, You you toss in the front row networking stuff, and you can have your music on different systems and other parts of your house. You don't even need to load stuff onto this system. You can just make sure it's on your wireless network. It's going to find your videos that you downloaded from the iTunes store. It's going to find all your music. And it's going to be able to play DVDs back with 5.1 audio through your home stereo system, and you can control it all from your couch using that Apple remote. And that is, you know, a year ago we were all saying, wow, it's almost there and you can kind of use it, but not really. And the other shoe has finally dropped with the Mac Mini. Now, you know, for $599, that's a lot to pay for a set-top box, and it's also a computer. So I'm still wondering if there isn't another product eventually coming from Apple that is simpler and less of a computer and more of a, 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 a an appliance. But in the meantime, you know, I'm pretty interested in this in this as a as a 599 set top box. Plus, then the you know the more expensive one with a with the Core Duo processor in it. That's a uh, a lot of processor power for a relatively low price. Granted, it's you've got to add your own display keyboard and monitor. But it's interesting to see where the Mac Mini has gone. This is the first real rev of the Mac Mini, and since it was introduced last January. Well, and I imagine that that having the having the gigabit Ethernet and the four USB ports also makes a big difference too. You were talking about earlier how you needed a oh, USB hub. Four USB ports is gigantic because, as any owner of a Mac Mini will tell you, those two USB ports back there are just—it's not enough. You have to, you have to get a hub. You have to. A lot of the Mac Mini add-on hard drives come with their own hubs built in because they know that that's an opportunity for them. And it's just, it's a must to have more USB ports. So when Apple put up the shot of the back of the Mac Mini, that was the first thing I noticed was, hooray, there's actually USB ports on the back. It it was a good thing. Even though the, you know, the modem is gone, and I don't think anybody's going to cry too much about that. Um, You know, and the wireless stuff is built in now, which was only an option before. That 499 Mac Mini from January 2005, I mean, that had no wireless of any kind, no Bluetooth, no airport. It was pretty bare bones. And now for $599, you know, all that stuff is built in. Standard. It's standard. It's it, You can't not have it in there. I think it's attached to the motherboard. Um, I, I can't wait to, to open one up and see, but it, I, this seems to be the standard Intel chipset that, that has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth built into it, and it's the same sort of thing that we saw on the iMac and the MacBook Pro. Now, John, uh, as one of our iPod and music experts in-house, there were some iPod products that were announced today, including uh, one that I think nobody expected, this leather case for $100. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, you know, it almost seems to me like uh, this leather case that they're um, selling for $100 should be included with the iPod because they now give you this really flimsy, um, you know, it's almost a cloth just to put your iPod in. Um, it's a, you know, $99 uh, case for the mini or for the fifth generation. Uh, they're only in black. Um, but the weird thing is they're not meant to be um, used with the iPod at the same time, basically. You know, you put your iPod inside there, and it keeps it there nice and safe, supposedly. Um, and then if you want to do anything with it, you have to take your iPod out. There's no um, cutout for the screen. There's no cutout for the controls. Um, and even if you were to use Apple's uh, new FM remote, that still attaches to the dock port, so you'd have to turn your iPod upside down or something, which I, I guess you could do, but I don't think they showed it that way. Um, so it seems it seems like a market that has plenty of people in it already, and maybe not something Apple needs to get into, um, especially for the price. $99 is pretty expensive for those kind of cases because there are things that are similar that also allow you to use your iPod at the same time and cost a lot less. Yeah, I mean, I think that was something that was sort of, like you said, there's already a bunch of probably 50 different companies or 50 different types of cases that are out there. I saw yeah. I saw a bunch of them at Expo. They had you know racks and racks. Hey, just go to playlistmag.com and you'll see reviews of cases. And we have you know dozens and dozens of uh, reviews of cases. And there's a lot of stuff out there now for the Nano and for the fifth generation. And um, you know I, I use a case that has um, uh, a clear shield over the um, screen, so you can actually see the video, but it's protecting the screen at the same time. Same thing with the click wheel. So it's protecting everything. It's a leather case, but at the same time you can still use it and see things uh, from it. So. Um, they have really nice displays on them, so it's kind of a, a shame to have to, you know, hide it when you're uh, when you're listening to music. Now we also today ha- saw the new iPod Hi-Fi, um, and it was displayed in in various different environments, dorm room and kitchen, etc. John, did you have a chance to to, you know, hear one of these things? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I walked into the different rooms and uh, listened to uh, how it sounded, and you know. Um, Steve said during the presentation that that the hall we were in wasn't a good uh, place to listen to it because it was a little bit bit too big. Um, But even in these rooms, it was a little bit too noisy to actually hear it. Um, Sounded pretty good. Um, It's you know it's a neat looking system. Um, It's competing with you know the higher end systems like the Bose Sound Dock, which is three hundred dollars, and then uh, you know stereo systems uh, that that you know go up from there. Um, I'm not quite sure you could say that it's a replacement for a stereo system for a home stereo, um, but for an iPod speaker system, it does seem pretty nice. I mean, we'll have to listen to it in a, in a more controlled environment when we can really hear it, but it did have good bass, and the sound was was crisp, and um, at 349 it's uh, reasonably priced for you know that kind of stereo system. So I could see that ending up in a lot of people's kitchens or living rooms. You think you'll get one? Uh, I... You know, I've I've held off on on sort of getting the um, iPod standalone speaker systems. I have one by my bed that's the alarm clock, so it's sort of a double function thing. I can listen to music in bed, and also it wakes me up to you know what's on my iPod. Um, but you know, if the sound is as good as they say it is, and you know when I listen to it, it sounds like it's really good. I could see you know putting one of these in uh, one of the rooms, you know, and having a having it there. And it's nice that it comes with all the uh, the dock, you know, the universal dock, and it comes with all the different dock inserts um, going back to the you know original dock dockable uh, iPod. So um, you don't have to fumble around looking for those or buy an extra set from Apple or anything. So it'll fit any of the iPod models that dock. Um, so, I mean, it's really meant for a broad spectrum of iPods that are out there. 
Jason, just as a, as a last quick question, what do you make of, of Apple's shift into products that they haven't made before? I mean, yeah. the case and the, and, the I, and the iPod Hi-Fi and things like that, this is not something they've been doing in the past. Well, I think with the Apple iPod products, what you're really seeing is Apple wanting more aggressively to insert themselves in the iPod economy. I think Apple created the iPod and they've made a lot of money off the iPod, but over time, they noticed how many other people were making a lot of money on iPod accessories. And you first sort of saw that with Apple, you, if you talk to developers of Apple um, or of iPod products, that to use the dock connector, you need to pay a fee to Apple. And now Apple has the certification program where in order to put a logo on your on your product that says this works with the iPod, you need to pay a royalty to Apple. Now we're seeing the next step in that where Apple is saying, you know, there are places where we need to be. We need to have our own product. They're not just sort of tax other people's products. And they identified, I think they saw the incredible success that Bose has had with the Sound Dock and some of the other products in the category that have done very well and said, you know, we could do that and why don't and why don't we? And they make a whole lot more money on a product that's theirs than on a product that's not theirs that they get a little bit of a royalty from. So I think you're seeing it with that. I think you're seeing that with the cases. In some ways, the the leather case is like a leather iPod sock. I mean, I, I have to think that people at Apple, philosophically, there's somebody at Apple and maybe it's Steve Jobs and maybe it's somebody else who think that iPods are not meant to be seen when they're in a case, that that's just philosophically you shove them in a case and they're in the case and then you pull them out and they're beautiful and you use them. And I don't personally agree with that, but um, for those people who do agree with that philosophy, that product will be something that they'll have to consider, although I think John's point and a point that Dan Frakes made who does uh, – our playlist reviews is that there are a lot of a lot of cases out there that do more or less what the Apple cases do for less money than the Apple cases. But then again, maybe you know maybe these cases aren't for people who are who are savvy shoppers. These are for people who are buying an iPod at the Apple Store and they and and they, uh, the Apple Store people can upsell them on a case. Oh, do you want this beautiful leather case too? We'll throw it in. Now, how much would you pay? And so that may be what kind of product it is. And you know, so be it. But the the iPod Hi-Fi, especially, that's a uh, that's a why aren't we in this why, why aren't we participating more fully in this in this hot product area f- around the iPod and uh, and uh, we'll see we'll see how how the reviews are and we'll see how how it looks it, it's it, it's an interesting product whether it's markedly better than the other products that are out there I think remains to be seen great well thank you guys very much for taking the time to speak with us and we'll check in with you again soon thanks Well, that about wraps it up for podcast number 30, talking about all of the new stuff that we heard from Apple's special event earlier this morning. I wanted to just, first of all, tell everyone, thank you so much for writing in, the the people that did. I know I had made a request on the last podcast for people to write in, and I, I got some great responses. I just wanted to read a few. I don't have time to read all of them right now, but I uh, just wanted to read a few, and I'll, I'll read more of them on the next show. Uh, This one comes from Carter Hutchinson. Hi, just a note to say how much I enjoy your podcast. I download them to my 3G iPod, and I listen to the show as I work at my restaurant. Thanks for some great Mac info as I make crawfish etouffee. P.S., and I'd love a case. Happy Mardi Gras, and here's to a bigger and better New Orleans. Carter Hutchinson, a displaced New Orleans native, Zydeco's Mooresville, Indiana. Uh, Well, Carter, uh, we appreciate your... uh, keeping up the good work and bringing New Orleans culture to other parts of the country while you 
are uh, trying to get home to New Orleans. So we're thinking of you. And thanks for writing in. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We, we do appreciate it. And I did send a case out to you, so I hope you get that soon. Really appreciate you guys You guys keeping the comments coming. Um, please do email me again. I've got a big box of iPod cases right next to my desk, and I'm happy to send them out to anyone who sends me an email uh, about the podcast. Just going to read one more uh, before we wrap up for the day, um, but I will read more of these, and I'll post them if the authors uh, say it's okay to on our website. This one is from Rick Kirkpatrick of West Hills, California, which is just outside Los Angeles. Hey, Saru's been listening for some time now. And you just told all of us to write in during number 29. So I am. I like everything about the podcast to this point. There may be the occasional topic that interests me less than others, but it is good that I'm exposed to these as the parent volunteer for my son's elementary school in charge of keeping the Indigo IMAX and Emacs running. I believe I wrote to you a few months ago uh, that I felt quite in tune with you on your topics, and this makes me very happy with your treatment of these topics. I had several examples of your side comments when I was in total agreement and gave me an excellent insight to where you were coming from, and now the only one I can pinpoint was your side in the Bluetooth episode that I felt total empathy with. It's exactly like finding a movie reviewer you feel comfortable with and having the confidence that you can usually trust his opinion. Believe me, usually is a difficult level to reach. What I don't like, the show doesn't appear often enough. Sorry, don't change the show is not really helpful to your need, is it? Thanks again, Rick Kirkpatrick, West Hills, California. Uh, Rick, um, I would love to do more podcasts. I, as you know, we are on a two-week schedule, and then we are interspersed with very special edition podcasts like this one. Um, but if you would like to have more podcasts more frequently, please do write to me, and I will send those on to my editor. He's the one who decides our schedule. Uh, I'd love to do more. So please, if you want to hear more of them, if you want to hear more frequently of them, or if you want to hear any other changes to the Macworld podcast, please do Email me, cfaravar at macworld.com. Leave a comment on the show notes. It's all up there. So uh, please do let, let me know how I can make the show better because this show is really for you guys. Um, so thanks again for writing in. I will get to some more of the mails during our next show. We had a lot of emails uh, from Paraguay and from Norway and from Canada and from all over the U.S. Uh, Want to hear from, from more of you. So please do, please do write me. And if you have written me, you will be getting a 3G iPod case in the mail uh, pretty soon uh, if you haven't already. Of course, also, you can catch all of our coverage at Macworld.com, MacCentral.com, and our new uh, blog, MacUser.com. And one other thing that I wanted to add to our Macworld podcast listeners, I've set up a brand new Frapper map, which, if you're for those of you who aren't familiar, it's just basically an online Google Maps hack. You can go on there and stick your location, where you're listening from. Just be interesting to see where our, leader, our listenership is in the world. Uh, so we're going to be setting that up in the show notes. Go check it out. Go add yourself to the map and see where everybody else is in the world who listens to the Macworld podcast. So, again, check out all of our coverage, and we hope that it is informative and useful to you. Signing off from San Francisco, this is Sarus Faravar for the Macworld podcast.